Do you have a special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. To host a show on BTRN, become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect with spirit, and intentionally create our experiences. Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, your host. We are the Being Talk Radio Network, live and local, national and international on great stations worldwide. For a complete list of our affiliates and showtimes, visit us online at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. Today you are Being With Ron Ash and Wendy Marks, author of Your Soul's Companion, Tools and Tales for Your Spiritual Journey. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Ron. How are you today? I am fantastical and magical, my friend. Every day is better than the last. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Good. So it's been a while since you've been on the show. I I believe you were probably a guest on the show during our first year of broadcasting. That sounds about right. What has changed? What's going on in your life? Well... I wrote the book that you talked about, and I continue to grow and change spiritually and help as many people as I can be on their Mm -hmm. spiritual path. And and the book is a lot about that, you know, people asking why, and then you're actually letting them know how. They might be getting some signs. They may be getting some inspiration. They may have an unquenchable thirst for knowledge. They kind of have an idea where they want to go from here, but you kind of like help them out and really give them some ideas on how to pursue that passion. Right. My intention was to create something that people could actually hold in their hands and use rather than Mm -hmm. something that they were just, um, certainly provoking thought is good, but I wanted something a little bit more practical. It Mm -hmm. came about because my spiritual students that I was that I was working with were saying, put something down so that we have a guidebook, and that's okay. the birth of it. All right. So tell yeah. us a little bit about your practice before we get into the book. Sure. Um, I'm a medical intuitive, and mm-hmm. um, what that means is that I can see into people's bodies and help figure out what's wrong with them. And mm-hmm. often I am the last resort after they've been through traditional Western medicine, and it hasn't succeeded. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very interesting work. And to do this, I trained as a rehab counselor, which is both psychological and physical uh, and medical training. And um, it's a very interesting job, and it's hard, and it's mm-hmm. fun, and it's gratifying. This past uh, month, I figured out that a woman had Graves' disease, 
which is a thyroid disorder after she'd been to about 20 doctors and nobody knew what was wrong with her. So when something like that happens, it's all very worthwhile what I do. It really makes me happy. Would you recommend people to schedule a regular checkup with a medical intuitive as they would a regular physical uh, checkup with an MD? Many people do do that. In fact, what I love most in my work is that I see whole families, and I find that very gratifying because sometimes there are weaknesses or difficulties that you know occur in the children and in the mm-hmm. parents and in the grandparents. So we can all work together to have everybody be in the best health they can be. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would, and um, and I enjoy lots of people coming to me even after many years of not seeing me when something else occurs. So that's been mm-hmm. a lovely part of my experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful option for someone who may be experiencing some symptoms, not knowing what they're linked to. I myself had a personal experience. My mother actually contracted multiple sclerosis probably 20-something oh, years ago. And back then I had a huge problem coming up with a diagnosis for this disease. Many yeah. years had passed before they finally said, you know what, it's multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the kind of experience that I hear about a lot. I think there was a, um, a Jerome Groupman, who's an MD, who really thinks outside the box, mm-hmm. wrote a book called What Doctors Think. And in this book, he said, doctors are trained to spot horses, not zebras. Mm-hmm. And and um, I should have that hanging on my wall. I, I really, like him already. <laughs> yeah, he's very cool. And the fact of the matter is that many of the people I see are zebras. Uh-huh. And the doctors are thinking only horses. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens. If you don't fall into the particular box, it's hard for people to see outside that box. I'm that's not putting right. down doctors in any way. They work mm-hmm. very hard. Yeah, But sometimes you need to look from outside the box. Very true. Um, my own personal experience going back probably to the late 80s, I was in a position with uh, – it wasn't the position as much as it was, it was the people that I was working with that was uh, creating an issue for me. I didn't realize that I was uh, suffering from stress. I was going to doctor yeah. after doctor. I had all kinds of tests. I mean, even you know, lower GI and and all these things, thinking that I had some kind of a uh, digestive issue, but it wasn't. All it took was my doctor. His name is Doctor Michael Fine. He's actually uh, head of the Department of Health, I believe, in the state of Rhode Island right now. And he took wow. more of a holistic approach, and he he talked to me. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. a doctor is actually speaking to me about my life. And it mm-hmm. was around the time that my mother had contracted the multiple sclerosis. I was working in a job I, I, I didn't like. Not only that it wasn't really enough money, but the hours were terrible. And the people that I worked with were even worse. After yeah. speaking to me, he, he you know, he says, Ron, you, you have, I don't know if you know it or not. And I wasn't feeling that stressfulness. He says, but you're internalizing a lot of stress right now. Mm-hmm. There's no little dotted line between people's psycho and soma. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something, um, that's something that we all need to really keep in our minds. That, you know, we're a whole being. All of us mm-hmm. are spiritual, are physical, are, you know, are emotional. All of it is linked together, and you can't just pull them to bits. Mm-hmm. They all function together as part of our system, and what your story is saying is a lot about that. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's very important not only to you know get uh, someone who is a medical intuitive like yourself as part of your regular uh, physical well being plan, but also maybe an ND, uh, uh, you know, for a natural uh, type of perspective on the matter as well right. as your regular. MD and a lot of people miss the mark also when it comes to um, diet. Diet is very important. Again, in his office when he had his practice, he would have people that were also on the same page as he 
and I believe I went to a, um, a dietitian. perhaps he recommended. He said, I can go on medication for cholesterol or I can take this other route. And I sat down with her and she went over what I had been eating over the uh, last few weeks, uh, you know, snacks, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, and we found a lot of things that I thought were healthy that really were not healthy at all. And after just changing, you know, the things that I ate, I didn't eat less. In fact, I actually ate more. But just by making the necessary changes, I lost the weight that the doctor wanted me to lose, and the cholesterol was reduced dramatically. Yes, yes. It's really a holistic approach. And um, we've been sort of trained by Western medicine that you want to just take a pill and fix it. That's right. And in fact, that's not the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. often the worst way because the side effects of that pill cause you to need another pill and so on and so on and so on and off we go. I get people that are sometimes on, and I'm not exaggerating, Ron, 15 and 20 different medications. Yes. That is why he left his practice. He said, Ron, when I first – he sent a letter out to everyone. He says, you know, Ron, when I first started my practice, someone – I may have had a patient that had one prescription. Uh, Now I have a a patient that has, you know, uh, 12, 15 prescriptions. It was just too much. Mm. Everybody had been falling on to that pharmaceutical type of thing. Right, and I will not say to you that there aren't things that Western medicine is good at. There are things that Western medicine is very good at. The problem is that basically, if you're going to make a gross generalization, it's easy to say this. Western medicine is really good at acute issues. Mm-hmm. I've been often quoted as saying, if I'm shot, take me to Mass General. Yeah. You know, anything that's acute, but for chronic issues, mm-hmm. then Often the slower, more gentle, holistic approach is the way to go. Mm-hmm. So, so don't uh, try any herbal medicine if you've recently gotten a gunshot wound, correct? Or if you've broken a leg, <laughs> or if something. No, really, seriously, something yeah. acute that happens, you yeah, really want to go into the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the chronic things, which is what most people struggle with, you mm-hmm. really need a slow, gentle more natural approach to really, you know, I often say to people, how long did it take you to get here? You really think you're going to take one pill and it's going to go away? Yeah. You know, it takes a while to get out of whatever you've gotten into. And generally that provides a better Mm -hmm. long-term lifetime result rather than a quick result. So it's been an interesting journey for me. But I do work with a lot of doctors Mm -hmm. and a lot of nurses and a lot of traditional practitioners who simply realize themselves where the limits of what they can do are Mm -hmm. and what holistic approaches can do. And I also work with a lot of holistic practitioners. I can't fix everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, mostly my job is to figure it out. Yeah. And then I will refer to acupuncturists and NDs Mm -hmm. and MDs and physical therapists and herbalists and all kinds of different people depending on what somebody needs. Mm-hmm. And then I'll work with them on, on an ongoing basis to keep somebody well, because that's the trick, really, to keep somebody uh-huh. well. Yeah, very true. We, we've come leaps and bounds over the last decade. I can see it. I mean, you know, starting with the chiropractors and now, the, you know, massage therapists and, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, it's become more acceptable. I'd like to see more healthcare providers that... Um, giving coverage for uh, things that they haven't brought on board that they have found that are very helpful. Even meditation is is coming out as being something that's incredibly beneficial. It is incredibly beneficial for pain management, for Mm -hmm. stress management, for just life management. I meditate. I've meditated twice a day since I was 14 years old. And um, I I always tell people that I work with that meditators live seven years longer. And Mm -hmm. one one wit said to me, yeah, but they spend all that time meditating. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's always one in the crowd. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Which is kind of funny. But probably true, actually. All right. uh, Meditation controls your heart rate and everything else, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take a call. We have... uh, Nikki on the line. She has a, a question. I, I believe it was about uh, scanning. What was your question, Nikki? Yeah, hi, Ron. Um, I had a question about scanning people because I can look in people's eyes and I can mm-hmm. read them by doing that. And I was a lot of people are asking me about their health right now, and I was wondering if she could tell me 
how she scans and how to do it health-wise. Hi, Nikki. Uh, there's actually a whole um, subset of the sort of medical intuitive area that specifically is through looking in people's eyes, and there is a whole training in in reading somebody through their eyes, through the different uh, colorations, the different, and of course the psychic ability comes in as well. Um, when I scan people, I see into their body as if you would if you were looking at um, the actual insides of somebody's body. And that's unusual. A lot of medical intuitives see in different ways. Just like we all have different gifts, I I see it in, in really living color. And I will see things that are cancer in a certain way. I will see things that, neuro- that are neurological in a little bit of a different way. And uh, I've learned over the years to sort of read what these things mean. So I encourage you to keep on doing this work. Okay. And keep learning from what you see and and check out whether you're accurate in what you tell people to do and have them, you know, check out with a doctor what you see and see how it goes. I I think it's wonderful. The more people that do this work, the better we are. Mm-hmm. So maybe some kind of a journal. Yes. I track, actually, my accuracy in diagnosis. Um, and I I have a 97% accuracy rate for diagnosis. And that's a lot better than the doctors. And mm-hmm. um, it's good for me to be able to tell people that and be able to say, listen, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm, but I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to keep a journal and also, Nikki, to 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 provide yourself to really foster your own spiritual practice because you have to be grounded and um, in a good place yourself to be able to deal with people's pain and issues. Do you have any okay. concerns about that, Nikki? About? Do you, do you meditate? Yeah. Do you take care of yourself in those ways? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. I That's just really, really important. My, yeah, and the only problem I have is when I go in public around a lot of people, I can be drained really bad, and I go home, and I just feel like I had just done a 24-hour workout. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's the sign of an empath. I can't go in a mall. A mall to me is uh, is hell. Uh, That's the classic sign of an empath, that you can't tolerate those environments. Um, In my book, I talk a lot about being an empath and what that means and the different kinds of ways of being psychic. But uh, the most, the most, it, yes, that's a sign of being an empath. Okay. Which means you feel other people's feelings. You pick yes. them up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and that's a great, that's a wonderful gift. But um, I don't have really the time to talk about it here. But you need to learn how to shield. Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's the that's key right. issue for you, Nikki. That's now, the key you thing like you need that to in learn. In your book. I do. I talk a lot about shielding. I'm a big, big um, pusher of shielding because those of us that are sensitive really need to be mm-hmm. careful. Yeah, it's very important. Shielding and clearing as well. I myself am very empathic, and I do this show a lot, and I pick up a lot of things. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not religious about shielding and clearing, and, and I really shouldn't. It's not like I'm not reminded about it continually either. The stubbornness well, I would of a man. Suggest, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it that way. I think it's very hard. What I tell people is it's like flossing your teeth. Uh, you know, you got to you got to put yourself in a situation where it becomes a habit. That's Every right. Every morning, you got to mm-hmm. put your shield on as if you would be doing, you're brushing your teeth or you're flossing your teeth. Yeah. And only take it off in a situation where you're with people mm-hmm. that you know are safe. Yeah, I I am religious about that. Great analogy because I I am on it with the flossing. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> All right, the book is Your Soul's Companion: Tools and Tales for Your Spiritual Journey. In Chapter One, you talk about a path of your own. Let's talk about that a little. Mhm. Well, it's um, very important to try to figure out what mm-hmm. your skills and what your abilities are mm-hmm. and what you 
what upbringing you had and mm-hmm. what you bring from that upbringing and where you want to go with that. Mm-hmm. And um, many of us have opened up a great deal from where we came from originally. And that doesn't mean we have to throw out where we came from, but we want to open ourselves to the things we know to be true and create a broader spiritual awareness. And this is the way to figure out what our gifts are by opening mm-hmm. ourselves. What it, and choosing a path is hard, but mm-hmm. fun. Well, I bring it up. It's fitting because Nikki was just, uh, you know, talking about her discovering new abilities and, you know, what mm-hmm. direction to take uh, based on those. I, I think also a teacher um, is pertinent at that point as well. Somebody that's already doing it, who's gotten to the point, maybe to a mastery level, and they're they're ready to uh, bring other people up too to help the world move forward. Right. One of the things that I also talk about in the book is how to select a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very important to oh, be careful goodness. about yes. who you do your learning from because there are people that are not mm-hmm. um, good good choices. And uh, when you're choosing a spiritual teacher, you mm. really need to find certain things. You need to look for some warning signs. Yeah. You need to where if somebody asks you for money beyond an hourly fee for their time, mm-hmm. that's a bad sign. Okay. If somebody asks you to do anything you're not comfortable with. Yeah. If if someone asks you to wear a uniform or, you know, unless you're going into a monastery or dress mm-hmm. in a certain way or give up certain things, that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. If you're being asked to recruit somebody, that also is not a good sign. Okay. There are lots of things to be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually, and we're talking about choosing a teacher, but also choosing a practitioner, because I had a sh- chakra balancing done, uh, and I was a mess after it. And I yes. felt that I shouldn't have done it. My intuitions, and I didn't listen to my intuition, and, and I'll say it again, every time I fail to listen <laughs> to my intuition, guess what? I'm in a bad position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, words to the wise, well, choose carefully. Well, I think that we all should listen to our intuition all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I I listen to my intuition about everything, including if I'm on the road driving somewhere and I'm said, I hear a voice say to me, take a different road. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's going to be longer. I don't really <laughs> want to go that way. And then I listen to it and go the other way and find out there was a huge accident on 128 and I and I really missed the whole thing by going the other way. Our intuition speaks to us in small and large ways, and it's really mm-hmm. important to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. And if you open yourself to a practitioner who you don't check out, you can you can be in danger, actually. Mm-hmm. You can be harmed. What is our energy body? <laughs> our our energy body is our chakras and our aura. If you think of yourself as an egg and you're sort of the middle of the egg and the aura is the outside, the shell of the egg, this is the space that you keep around yourself. I tell people they can really know when somebody's getting too in their energy body. That feeling that you have that somebody's just a little bit too close to, a little bit too in your face, that Mm -hmm. means that they've stepped across your line of your energy body and into your space. And um, as an empath, you probably have had that experience a lot, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we keep a certain uh, space around us that's our energy body, and people expand it or contract it depending on circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody's in fear, they tend to pull it toward them. If somebody's too open, they tend to have a lot of people take advantage of them or harm them. Mm-hmm. So shielding is part of protection, and and that means shielding your energy body mm-hmm. from from whatever's around. And it doesn't have to be that somebody hates you or anything like that. It can be just negative energy that's in the atmosphere. You know, I talk about malls because that's my least favorite place because mm-hmm. you got all these adolescent adolescent energy vibes and you got all yeah. these people that are mad. And they're mm-hmm. all trapped in this big box with no air and no light and no room for things to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I, I have that feeling, and I could never be a lawyer because of it, but a courthouse. I cannot deal with the courthouse. Oh. It's a mass well, there's a of, lot of misery terrible there. energy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Terrible, terrible energy. There's so much fear and mm-hmm. pain and anger in a courthouse. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the things that's really important is to learn how to do clearing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you smudge before you do your show or if you clear the energy in some way. That's also an important thing to learn how to do, to be okay. actually able to clear the energy around you. So before we did this little talk, I made sure I went around my office and smudged it uh-huh. and cleared the energy. I'll have to add that to my flossing schedule. <laughs> I know, I know. But once you get in the habit, it's really a good thing. It's really a good thing. It's so another in, way of creating protection and clearing out negative energy. In part three of your book, Your Soul's Companion, Tools and Tales for Your Spiritual Journey, uh, you talk about life in balance, good and evil, darkness and light. You go into a life force and miracles. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, life in the balance? Yes. Um there are really miracles. There really mm-hmm. are miracles. And it's it's really important to to recognize that. But I I am of the belief that there is darkness and light, whether we call it mm-hmm. good and evil, whatever we call it, and that we are trying and struggling like the yin and yang symbol to keep everything in that balance. Mm-hmm. And those of us who have sort of chosen to become light workers. And we make a choice to try to make the world a better place in every way that we can, through kindness, mm-hmm. through good acts, through healing, through gentleness, through forgiveness. Or we choose to make acts that are of darkness, through anger, mm-hmm. through greed, through revenge, through you know actions that are not good. And it's a real conscious decision that we have to make every day of our lives. And it's important to really think about that and really live your life in a place of consciousness. You know, um, it's hard. It's hard. One of the biggest Buddhist tenets is to stay in the present moment. And we all struggle with it. We all would live, like, in the past or in the future Mm -hmm. if we were to let ourselves go. But the trick is to really try to live in the present and and be able to see things like miracles. Mm -hmm. I have seen many miracles in my work and in my life, and it has been an amazing pleasure to see that happen. And uh, I really enjoy that. I, I I don't know if I have time to tell you a story, but you can tell me if I do. All right, go ahead. Um, there was a gentleman who came to me who had been diagnosed with lung cancer, mm-hmm. and he had a lucid dream, a dream where he was conscious. And in that lucid dream, he felt the light from the sky come in to this part of his body. And then when he went back for an MRI uh, or a PET scan, I don't remember, several weeks later, the cancer was completely gone. And this was something that was documented and Mm -hmm. then was documented as not existing. And what he says changed in his life was that his small child, you know, he he felt his small child really pulling him to live. He -hmm. felt his relationship pulling him to live, his wife. He really, and he did a lot of prayer and meditation. And I've seen this over and over again, people that are supposed to, quote, supposed to not live or supposed to not have a healthy Mm -hmm. life, turn things around and and heal. Mm -hmm. And it's the most wonderful feeling. It's the most wonderful feeling. And being just a part of that, the small part of it I can be, mm-hmm. is amazing. It's amazing. All right. You now, he came to me because he he was shocked that it happened, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. All right, Wendy Mark. There Marks. are lots of miracles, big and small. The book is Your Soul's Companion, Tools and Tales for Your Spiritual Journey. As always, you can learn about Wendy and all of our guests, past, present, and future at beingwithronash.com. Thanks for joining me today, Wendy.